Hi, I'm Greg Potter, and this is 20-Minute Collaborations. in in a woods in the woods for a few days having a little respite and writing retreat uh thankfully a friend of mine lent me her cabin so i'm in northern wisconsin doing that this episode really has me thinking about those moments in our lives that we don't realize are going to be as significant as they are my first moment that really changed the trajectory of my life happened when I was 21. I was living in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and something just wasn't right, and I knew a big change needed to come. It turned out that I did not have a place to live for the following school year. And through some other things happening, I decided that I was going to go home to the Dells and work for the weekend. But on the way there, it hit me that I was moving. And then I had decided to move to Las Vegas that following fall. After working for part of the summer and also studying abroad in Cuba for a couple months, I was going to move to Las Vegas. That changed everything for me. That, that tiny little story and that change in direction was the first big, big thing that I took ownership in my life to make me who I am today. Tanya Geisler shares a similar story today with you, and I'm so excited to have her in the studio. And by studio, I mean her office in Toronto. I was in Toronto and recorded a couple shows in person with people. Tanya is a leadership coach. She is a magician. She is a interpersonal genius. Tanya used to be in advertising. Tanya lives in Toronto with her husband and family. She works with people all over the world. She's a speaker and major cheerleader if you have the opportunity to get her in your corner. And she cheerleads for everyone. Her mantra deals all about joy and not missing out on it. I'm so lucky that I got to sit in this conversation and now you will too. Here is my conversation with Tanya Geisler. I'm going to be a little geeky right now, but geeky <laughs> full of love, full of love. <laughs> Listeners, a few months ago, you might remember that I was on my friend Tanya Geisler's Iconic Series interview, and now I am in Toronto sitting in her <laughs> office with her. Welcome to 20 Minute Collaborations, Tanya Geisler. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love having you in my office. I'm actually waiting for somebody to come up and take a picture of us because this is awesome. We've got Ramona sitting between us. Right? So I'm just... it's surreal to have you here oh my gosh i first i before i even ask you my question i'm falling in love with toronto yeah i was here years and years ago for like a quick conference Mm -hmm. and this is yeah you're gonna probably see more of me okay i love that tanya welcome to 20 minute collaborations would you first tell the listeners a little bit about yourself Yeah, I am a leadership coach. I work a lot with folks on the imposter complex. That's sort of the thing that has me get up in the morning and come to my desk. 
but you're sitting. It's so interesting having this conversation as you're sitting. I can hear my daughter downstairs chatting with a friend. Um, I am a little bit obsessed with joy. I'm a little bit obsessed with cultivating it and uh, amplifying it. And so having you here, that's in this moment, that's what I want to say. Like I'm obsessed with it and you being here is joy. <laughs> <laughs> same like i it's yeah it is complete joy yeah. well listeners if you're new to 20 minute collaborations every week i invite a guest to come on the show and share a story about a time that they had to work with other people mm -hmm. to accomplish a common goal and we're going to pull out some collaboration lessons of it so tanya would you like to share your story i would love to share my story i would love to share my story okay so a funny one where does it begin i know where it ends but i don't ever really know where it begins so i was in advertising and i was really good at it i was really really good at it i was great at um the client care uh, we did a lot of work with patients we did a lot of work with pharmaceutical actually the pharmaceutical sales was really mostly our clients so i ended up doing a lot of work with patient education videos so i would go into you know, long-term care facilities. I'd go to hospitals and I'd just fall in love with these patients and we would have these wonderful interviews and conversations. So empathy, empathy, empathy. Right. <laughs> I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. But I hated the other parts of the job, which were selling, you know, selling a, a better mousetrap. Um, so around, let me see. So I was in Ottawa when the Twin Towers were attacked and the, oof, Boy, it's always so visceral. Mm, we were supporting a organization who was a company who was selling a, um, an Alzheimer's drug. And when the president of the company got up and said, listen, what's happening in New York is terrible, but if we could dollarize the number of people with Alzheimer's, I swear to God, Greg, I don't know what he said next because I went and threw up. Oh my gosh. Dollarize the number of people with Alzheimer's. Later, when I got my shit together, everybody was getting on a bus and they, they had a barbershop quartet singing when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. Like it was vile on every conceivable possible soul sucking level. And I was like, this, this is why I'm done. Okay. So fast forward just a couple of years, my mother passed away. My daughter was born life, right? Um, and then I really was just like, this is not what I'm here for. Like, I know that this is not what I'm here for. So as I was in those questions of this is what I'm here for, not here for, uh, one of my dear friends was going through a similar experience, very good at her job, really, really solid, like sales performance up the wazoo, if that's what we would say. And, but she was just deeply unhappy. And that to me was unacceptable. <laughs> Right? Like I can deal with my own discontent, but I can't deal with somebody else's, right? <laughs> so it just was hard to witness her um, in this space where I could just really sense that she was meant for bigger, greater, better, more aligned, deeper, more congruent. So I kind of just in a bit of a download decided that we needed to do what became known sort of as an intervention by invitation. So I asked her if it was okay. And I asked for the names of her six most trusted people that may or may not know each other. 
So they all came, her sister flew up from Prince Edward Island and we had this really beautiful love on Lisa kind of experience armed with Jim, Jim Collins, good to great, like the hedgehog principle, right? That was it. So I had like a flip chart and good to great, like what's Lisa good at? What does the world need? And you know, whatever the third piece of that was, but what, how do we bring that congruence in? When I say it was not exactly strategic, like it was not exactly strategic. We ended up at karaoke at three in the morning after having consumed white Cosmos all night. Um, I remember that distinctly. I like had bought orchids for the Cosmos. <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of the thing. Uh, it was this really fun night though, but it was this reflection when we had seen her, when she had been on fire, when we'd been proud of her, what we wanted more of from her, what we wanted, um, what we wanted to see in her, what we knew was still there. So from that experience, again, ended up at karaoke at three in the morning, about three or four months later, she reached out and told me that she had started coach training. Never heard of this, never heard of this, 2006, maybe, maybe 2005, 2006. So I was starting to go through the same experience myself where I was like, okay, I know that it's not this and I know it's not that, but what is it? And then you know, my, one of my best friends writes for the New York Times. So she always sees me as a journalist. Uh, she sees that I'm an excellent writer. Some, you know, my friend who's a, who's a doctor saw me as a pharmacist because the patient of patient uh, care experience. So I, thought, okay, I need to do this for myself. I need to bring a group of people who know me in different complementary aspects. And so as I started to curate that and develop that for myself, people were like, Hey, that thing that you're doing, can you do that for me? You did that for me. So I started this program called Board of Your Life, B-O-A-R-D of Your Life. So I would have this conversation with people. I'd gather people and facilitate this experience. Somewhere along the lines, Lisa said, honey, you're coaching. I had, like, I had no idea. I had no idea. You are coaching. You're asking blue sky, aspirational. You're getting to the heart of the matter. Like, oh shit. Okay. So I guess I better, I, be, I best be in integrity. So that's when I went into back into coach training or went into coach training just to be in integrity with this thing that I kind of created that I didn't even know was a thing. And through that experience became a coach. First, I just, I'm giggling because my coaching, like my, my journey to here is similar with the like, I'm already doing this, but it doesn't have a name. Oh, this is the name of it. Like, this is this is what you've been doing this entire yeah. time. Uh -huh. This is why people are connecting to you. Uh -huh. And uh, learning that it's a vehicle to deliver your why into mm -hmm. the world. So we're going to pivot right away with something big here because I haven't been able to have any guests that really talk about this. And so what happens in your life when it's a big collaboration? And, mm -hmm. and in, when you answer that, also in relation to omens and signs, mm. because as mm. leaders of collaborations, as facilitators of collaborations, sometimes we also have to be vulnerable to when those things are coming, mean, whether it's a change in the mm. group or, but in this case, it's a great example of clearly something had to change. Mm -hmm. mm. I go about three different places here. I go right into how do you know when it's time to end something. I don't know why that's what came up for me first, but I think that that can be the reason people hedge on stepping into collaborations because it's, we're working so well, it's going to have a beginning, a middle and an end. What does that end look like? Mm. So for me, this doesn't, I'm not sure this relates. So you could probably find the thread 
as much for that board of your life experience though actually that's not true too because i do that's one of the the rules that i have in place if you are going to sit on some board there actually needs to be some clear delineation about when we're having this conversation and then when we're having other conversations as coaches we need to be really explicitly clear about what our containers are right so i think i would say the same thing for a collaboration so i've had a couple of collaborations the most successful collaborations that i have ever had have been the ones where the demarcations were explicit when does this when does this end how, what does it look like how do we um my friend and now sarah's friend naomi uh how do i talks about leaving well how do we leave right. well how do we end this I, in many of my beginner's workshops, when we talk about collaboration, we go through the grocery store checkout line. And my mm. favorite part is when we get to the end and like, okay, what happens now? You've got your change, you got your credit card receipt. What happens? And everyone knows that they leave and that's the end of that collaboration. Yeah. And yet we so often find in intentional collaborations that we are still standing there with our change in hand and our receipt looking at the so cashier. Good. Like what, what yeah. now? Yeah. And it's clear. We shared this thing. Now what do we do? Yeah. Right. And so I love that you, I love that ending is because, and also for me at the end of the life cycle collaboration, it is in an ending where it can be handed off to anyone else who wants to pick it back up. Yeah. And so that's beautiful. Anyway, you said you had, you were going in three directions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think about, yeah. So there, so there's that. I also build in. I like a good celebration. I know you do too. Yes. Right. So that is always, and I also think that people really struggle with celebration for a myriad of reasons, but probably the most poignant, I was doing um, a retreat and I asked people like, why do people resist celebration? And you know, I figured it was all the same stuff. Like I haven't been conditioned to celebrate. Is it good enough? Is it this? Is it that? And then somebody said, because it means it's the end. Oh, that's because cool. Means, Tug in. Right? Tug in. Because it means it's over. And so there is a really beautiful way in which I hadn't realized that that is actually an important piece for me to say, and we're done and seen. Like pop the sparklers, whatever you got to pop for in my face generally. <laughs> um, we are done. So everything, every program, every you know, uh, event, whatever, there's always a that celebratory moment and it's not like I invented that by any stretch of the imagination, but that is really an important part. But I also think that there, the celebration holds a multitude of serves a multitude of purposes there. Yeah. So there's usually for me and the, in the way of the ending, there is usually a, a thing that, that marks the end. So there's that. I can't remember the third direction. Well, I'm curious about the moment that we make the decision. And this lies in the idea holder who's going to drive the collaboration and start bringing people in. That moment that's like, this is not good, whether it's the status quo, that it's not working, whether, you know, whatever it is, a change has to be made. I'm going to create this or I'm going to do this. or And it can be as simple if we simplify it. It can be as I'm walking down the street and I realize I'm going to the grocery store but I really need something else. So I take a left instead and go to target. It can be as simple as that, but there's something that comes up that we change trajectory. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is coming up for me. I don't know why this is coming up for me, but I'm thinking about the Dyson hair wrap. 
<laughs> this is ridiculous. That's when I think about innovation, when I think about pivots, when I think about change, when I think about like any of it, something wasn't working. Something wasn't, or it's not that it wasn't working, but it's, it's got us to there and we want to, it's got us to here. We want to go there. So there it's the inflection point. Right. And so I've seen the hair wrap because, you know, arguably not much has changed in the hair dryer technology. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm thinking of the Dyson's actually vacuums, but I'm obsessed with the hair wrap. Um, <laughs> but like it has changed the, the way we dry our hair because somebody at somewhere said it's just like this doesn't this is fine to this point but we can do better right so well, it's always that like we can do better so the grocery store fine like i can get the the peas that i need or whatever it is but if i go to target i can also get the t-shirt that i need to get as well so that's a better that's just a better solution yeah right what i actually wrote down when you said that was the thing stopped serving everyone it was intended to serve yeah Okay, so now we have to modify or change it or, yeah. Yeah. And now I want to go into your your collecting the people for that inv invited yeah. space that, yeah. you know, the board. What did yeah. you call it? Board the, of your life. Board yeah. of your life. That first one that you asked, that you ended mm -hmm. up with the orchids and the cosmos, that took courage to be able to say, hey, can I have six of your closest mm. confidants? Not, like, I'm going to bring them together. In collaboration, courage often doesn't get acknowledged because it gets mm. overlooked because we just jump into it. What do you feel about acknowledging courage? And oh. Well, so I think what I would rather, I'm going to talk about the person who decides that they want to have this experience. That is wild courage because they, they get to choose, of course, who mm. the people are but then they have to receive and receiving is <laughs> real hard, real hard. So it's the, I don't know what they're going to, so first of all, it's like, will they, will they come? Right. So like the, that, that ancient, will they show up? Will I be standing here by myself with my you know party hat and my sparklers? Will they show up? Will they show up for me? Will they, will they say yes? So the whole arc of the ask is wild. It's really, like it really, it, it brings very, very solid people to their knees in terms of facing their courage. Like, can I, can I do this thing? And so then there's, there's that piece inviting them. And usually it's the, that's the, that's where the coaching begins. Like, will they show up? Um, why would they do this? Right? Why would they do this for me? Right. And again, like these are people who are deeply accomplished and they are making some kind of a pivot in their life. Right. They're at an inflection point and know that they can't quite do it alone. They're missing the reflections, the perspectives that they need to really bolster them and give them the fortitude to make that new decision or to create whatever the, the inspiration. Uh, so there's that part. There's the courage in, you know, naming who people are and then going through the actual ask and then the courage to receive. Uh, and then the courage to do something with that information because, you know, some stuff comes up, right? There's some really big stuff that comes up. Not always because I was, uh, actually was in talks with a production company to turn it into a TV show. And that was one of the things I had to kind of like guarantee that there would be this wild drama. And sometimes, you know, the, the biggest drama is just 
but the biggest change happens just in an acknowledgement that they're actually exactly where they need to be. Right? Right. It's not a huge like bust up the marriage and move across the country or something like that. Um, so there's huge courage in the then can we all be with, can we all understand where the transactions ended? Uh, and also can we, can we be with everybody's wonderful and generous counsel and the fact that I'm really not going to do anything with it. It's just going in the hopper. So there's courage at every single step. And then of course the way in which people are, you know, wanting to be very generous in their reflections and also how hard that can be, you know, this is the person we really care about. We respect them. We love them. We want the best for them. And maybe they have been doing some pretty interesting stuff. Now, the other thing too, is of course, one of the questions is like, is there anything that's off limits? And everybody always says, no, 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 of course. Everything, like my life is an open book until, <laughs> until it's not. So Right. Not everyone is as open as you yeah. and I are. Yeah. Yeah. Or they feel it until it's like, oh, wait, we're going there. Like, yeah. Right. It's all part of it. Right. Yeah. The other part about the story that I really loved, and you kind of shoved it under the rug, but mm. I think it's equally important. Mm is the part that you're talking about and then will we ended up in drinks and <laughs> karaoke or whatever you said <laughs> i think that's valuable because yeah. in yeah. collaborations we are going to take zingers yeah. that end up actually being needed yeah and trusting in whatever processes is the process and so tell me one thing that came out of that additional part of that night that was that would not have happened if you didn't go mm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is such, well, it's funny. Cause I feel like I wouldn't have had that. So what you caught is, is, is the, the sweeping under the rug, how self-effacing I am. This idea is brilliant actually, but it's really important in the retelling when I tell the story that I get to be like, it wasn't strategic. We ended up doing karaoke at three <laughs> in the morning. So I think that's what that part, that, that naming of that in the story, that that's what that gives me. Um, but I think it really was this, we did a thing, you know, we did a thing together. Like none of us will be the same after having had this experience because everybody walked away. Yeah. Right? Everybody walked away with the same questions and we you know we belted it out to islands in the stream or whatever the hell we sang at karaoke <laughs> at three in the morning jacked up on white cosmos and probably not much much more than olives i remember the olive tray for some reason oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we of course are at time so i'm going to ask my last question yes. is there anything from our short conversation that's mm -hmm. lingering or that something you want to add on or something that wasn't said that you're dying to say in this when something needs to be a collaboration and when it needs to be a solo pursuit that that's with me like i that i don't know that i have you know you were talking about the the zings and i remember one of my favorite collaborations was with uh, my colleague lauren bacon we created a program called beyond compare and there's a long story as to why we did that and it's a fantastic story too but both of us just had that kind of it just made sense. We can't do a program on comparison unless you're working with somebody that you have compared yourself to unkindly. Right. So it just made sense, but there was definitely a, I wonder, as I think about this conversation, where the places were that I could have deepened in with greater collaboration or with more collaboration or collaboration period. 
that maybe I've ignored. That's what I'm kind of in my head about right now. I think that's beautiful because those are weeds that we mm-hmm. can get into and really don't need to be in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also just reminded, I mean, I just, I really love collaboration. I just really right. do. And it's never, it, I have never regretted any collaboration that I've had and I want more of it. So thank you for this conversation. Thank you for inviting me into your home. And mm. uh, before I say an official goodbye, how can people find you? Mm. is my site and all over the socials, Tanya Geisler. I think I'm on, on TikTok, which is, I don't even know. Actually, I we're both on it. On um, yeah. So um, I'm mostly I'm on Instagram is most of where I am. I don't know. I, I dabble in LinkedIn, but you can find me tanyageisler.com anywhere. And all the links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me. Fun. Super fun. Love you. Oh my gosh. I want all of you to be able to just sit with me and Tanya. And I know that you probably had additions and questions that you want to ask. And I'm sorry that you weren't with us. We do want to do a live salon in Toronto at some point. And so maybe that will be the opportunity. How did you love this time with her? Oh my gosh. I am so grateful for any moment that I get with my guests. And this in person was a true honor. I highly suggest you go back to her and sign up for her iconic series and check out the different representatives of the iconic framework. That was also a fantastic conversation I got to have with her. This I mean, Tanya and I both are big supporters of celebrating. And if you didn't get that in this conversation, then go back and listen. Oh, we love to celebrate. The topic of endings has actually been coming up a lot more. In the life cycle of collaboration, we talk about when an idea dies and when we mourn an ending and also when we have to break up with co-collaborators. But that isn't necessarily enough when we talk about the endings of a cycle, of a collaboration. And the celebration that goes into, but also the holding space as people move on to what is next in their life. This conversation definitely got me thinking more about that. And I've been journaling quite a bit about that, about the endings. Speaking of the life cycle of collaboration... The next cohort starts August 10th. So if you want to get in that class, join us. The information is in the uh, description of the show. Also on August 17th, I've got my virtual happy hour. Our themes are humanity and love. Definitely join that. It's a great opportunity. You just register for one computer and have as many people with you in your space as you want. And if you want to sit with me and chat more and learn more about what a collaboration coach can do for you and your team, definitely reach out. I'm here. And as we get into the fall and people start looking at what their goals are for the year, that's a great time to really pull in a collaboration coach and see what great opportunities that would have in store for you. So I'm going to go back into the woods and just enjoy some time with a record player in my journal. I cannot wait to see you on the next episode of 20-Minute Collaborations. You've been listening to 20-Minute Collaborations with international collaboration coach Greg Potter. 
If you're interested in working with Greg or finding out how he can help your organization, visit ggpotter.com. You can also follow him on all the social media at ggpotter. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get all of the collaborative ooey gooeyness that you've been longing for your entire life. This is an Artemis Bow Productions podcast.